This is the Midcurve Podcast. Just want to remind everybody before we get started, nothing that you are going to hear is financial advice. We are four people who are interested in this space, who spend a lot of time doing stuff, but we are not giving advice. We are not financial advisors. If you want financial advice, do not come here for this. Uh, but now it is time. Enjoy our podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Midcurve Podcast. We are your group of weird uh, degenerates slash traditional finance slash whatevers that are following the crypto market across the board. We have been here for a while. I would say all of us have been here for a while, and we are now sitting at what is a very interesting, I'd say, inflection point in the world of crypto. It seems like things are, are looking up a little bit, which is always a good sign. We've had some upward movement of both Bitcoin and ETH, which makes everybody, I think, pretty happy. Um, sometimes too happy, and then a little bit of rain on the parade happens. But before we start, we always like to go around and introduce everybody on the podcast. I will start. My name is Funky Donk. I am a person that has a media background mostly and kind of fell into this space through the NFT hole, kind of got stuck and mired in the NFT hole, and have found my way into most of the other terrible crevices of crypto as well. Um, and now, now I'm trying to dig myself out slowly. I'm trying to dig myself out. Uh, Salty, you want to go first? Introduce yourself? Yeah, I'll try to use uh, holes and crevices a lot less in my description. Um, <laughs> That's the holes and crevices episode. So feel free to dive into every hole or crevice you have. I don't want to dive. <laughs> uh, I'm salty. I've been in crypto for a while. Uh, and I'm still not rich enough to stop paying attention to the market. So uh, really, I'm here as just kind of a court jester. You know, I read white papers and talk about tokenomics and then uh, just get poorer every cycle. Yeah, that's the one thing I would like to be at some point is is rich enough to not worry about this stuff. And I'm not there either. So let's talk to a couple other people who, who are probably closer than you and I, Salty. Eric, want to introduce yourself? Eric, guys. Uh, Eric, former TradFi weirdo, now full-time uh, Web3 weirdo. Great. Grant, introduce yourself, please. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Grant. Uh, I come from the traditional consulting world, and now I'm all-time enjoyer of honeypots. Yeah, the honeypots are exploding everywhere right now. One of the things that's fascinating to me about this world that we live in is when tokens are running, especially shitcoins, and on ETH particularly, weirdly, it feels like the, the rush to get into stuff just allows honeypots to be so significant. Uh, uh, but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. I just am shocked often to see like, a honeypot, which normally you would think would stop getting money put into it at like say fifty to seventy-five k, honeypots are running to a million plus, which is just fascinating to me. Um, Grant, let's start with you. Let's just talk, let's kind of talk vibes. Where where are you at right now? I know you've been we've we've been on this podcast for a while, and you've definitely had um, a long time of talking about waiting around for something to happen, kind of like that. There's nothing exciting happening. Where are you at right now, vibe wise? Pretty good. <laughs> That's a that's a huge change. Yeah, that's way better than what he normally says. That's We've been huge. on the same beat since like October and November, though. Like we've just been saying, you know, anytime you see red, just close your eyes and bid, right? And then you know, there's some obvious, obvious narratives that you know whether or not you you like them or believe in them, you just kind of get got to get in front of, uh, figure out how to position yourself. Like we're still kind of dancing around it. Uh, but you know, there, there's gaming, there's there's AI, there's uh, RWA and and Deepin, uh, and I, I don't know that any of them have sound like a clear consensus leader. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, the there's certainly you know uh, plenty of like rotations to be made. But yeah, like pretty good. Do you feel like we have? Are we seeing the you know the normie influx yet in in your mind? Have have we started to see that um, non crypto money come back in a significant way? Uh, I don't think so. Either either it hasn't, or we've reached like this state of perma efficiency uh where the the, the new entrants are just you know <laughs> automatically fleeced <laughs> they're automatically fleeced on the way out the door it's much quicker which is not a good sign but no like i i mean the, the general heuristic of like there either being this um shelling event and th- that affects like the majority of society like like covid and, and and the stimulus checks and or uh kind of bitcoin going back to to your all-time highs is is generally the signal that you want right so like yeah just just take like i mean pe- people are arguing about like fucking robin hood and whatnot but like i still use like coinbase app as, as the main indicator for me like um well last week while well stock was like not doing so well it was like consistently outside of the top 500 uh actually like as 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 recently as february 12th Right. And and today it's now like within the top three three fifty, yeah. so it just kind of vacillates pretty significantly. Like, like there are heavy swings, uh, much like well, obviously like prices, right? But I don't think I don't think we're there until Coinbase is like in the top fifty to hundred uh, on App Store rankings. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Salty, somebody who's been through a bunch of cycles. One of the things that I, you are not necessarily me, but like. One of the things I've thought about a little bit in this cycle is obviously we're we're inching closer and closer to I mean we're still a little ways away from the Bitcoin AT all time high but but it, obviously the all time high last time is not necessarily where things stop in a second cycle like all you know if, if we're just following Bitcoin cycles they go past the all time high do you think you know it, it's it's obviously a much higher level all time high than it was uh, you know the last of the, the cycle before. Do you think there's like something psychologically about people that they really are? are <laughs> I don't know to what this question is, but they wait for that moment to like kind of get heated. Have you seen that before? Are you taking seven sentences to describe FOMO? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's exactly right. Well, so my thing is like, okay, so what was the all time high of Bitcoin in the cycle before the last one? Do you know that uh, off the top of your head or somewhere reasonably around? The Ten or twelve grand is the number I keep in mind. The earliest mega cycle in 2017 was like just under twenty grand. Then there was a mini cycle to ten or twelve grand, and then sixty grand in the last cycle. And now here we are. Right. So, so ten or twelve was the top of let's say the, that cycle, and then we went to sixty nine. Like, obviously, you can extrapolate out out a whole bunch of stuff. But my, I guess, my question is, does have to do with FOMO? The idea of when do the mainstream narratives set up that, um, oh my God, Bitcoin is running again? Like, does that does that happen? Do we start to see that now? Because I do think that's the impetus in a lot of ways, for better or for worse, of of the normies coming rushing back in. Do you? When, where did you see that in the last cycle? I think Grant pointed it out pretty well, and it's really not. It's not the dollar values, I think, that matter that much, you know, because it's like, yeah, we are creeping up on old all-time highs, and like that hasn't even registered for me. I was just like, oh, we're above 50, whatever, it's only 50. 
And maybe that's because now when I go to Chipotle, it costs me $43 to feed two people. So 50 grand ain't shit. But um, (laughs) yeah, I really don't think the raw dollar values number, like uh, raw dollar values matter in terms of like the normies might flood in at 100K or 200K or 75K or, you know, who knows? It's like, but I I think Grant mentioned the, the major metrics, right? It's like when you... When when crypto is on the stupid twenty four seven, you know, CNBC finance channels, whatever they are, you know, and there's just random people you've never heard of who don't know anything about crypto talking endlessly about crypto, or or when the when the um, I've been looking actually to find I wanna I wanna I think I have to pay for this data, but I want to get installs per week from uh, the major crypto apps and track oh, that as a leading indicator. Or uh, you know the the ETF thing is there, but like you know. Probably a good way to track this, uh, but unfortunately, this doesn't work for most people in the crypto space because it requires having friends, is um, <laughs> when do the people you you know are really bad at managing their money start asking you about crypto? <laughs> you know, it's like, when do the guys who are always investing in Herbalife or, or uh, buying the top of Bitcoin, when do they start asking you again? And then you're like, okay, we're back. But, you know, That's you asked about uh, adoption or, or like retail money coming in. You know, ever since I think... October of last year, you know, the fiat fiat backed stable coins, like real dollars becoming stable coins, has been positive week over week. And that was an inflection that happened at the towards the end of last year, and that hasn't happened, you know, since everything came crashing down at the end of twenty one. So uh, you know, the tides are slowly shifting, uh, but I don't think we're at the point of major retail flooding in yet, and I don't know when we will be, but also I'm not like I don't know. Like these things are always just so easy to wrap narratives around in hindsight. Yeah. Like I, it'll happen slowly or maybe it'll happen all at once. You know, the ETF is great. Very happy about that. It's great to have positive, you know, flows on a consistent basis. And however the order occurs, you know, I think things are going to get real hot and spicy and, and probably hotter and spicier than most people can, would expect. And that's good to be conservative. And I'm just, I'm waiting. You know, I'm not trying to predict it exactly, but I do like tracking the App Store installs. You know, that's nice. The other thing that I track, which uh, appeared on my feed hilariously, was uh, KSI has returned to his crypto handle, which was he basically he, he basically tweeted, "Is this on?" And I, I went back and looked at his last tweets, and like obviously KSI has a let, let's just call it a very bumpy relationship with the idea of what uh, he has done and promoted there. But the the tweets that were maybe like four down from that were from the Luna uh, experience. And like he was going through the Luna experience in full time and real time. Uh, Eric, let's talk a little bit about um, TradFi right now because it's doing pretty well. Um, Obviously, crypto stocks are up quite a bit. Uh, What do you think uh, the TradFi world is looking like right now? Do you feel like it's going to kind of be strength on strength or do you see there being any kind of like you know, stopping points for it in the next little bit that that could somehow get in the way of of the crypto bull run. Well, I mean, you're basically just talking about you know aggregate liquidity into the system, um, and so that's just a question of really like, okay, when do we get the first round of rate cuts? Um, and so now I think there is this growing chorus of macro people that you know are coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, you know, instead of rate cuts, maybe the next OMEC is actually going to be another rate increase, blah, 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 inflation running hot, super core, blah, blah, blah. Um, no one gives a shit. Because um, I think, I think 
you know, for me, the reality is that the mandate has been set. You're going to a you're going to an election year that is going to be highly contested. Um, I don't think there is really politically any any sort of inclination for things to be for you know for monetary tightening. Um, and overall, you know, you just did speculative mania in AI will continue to drive the bus. So I think it's going to be you know you're going to have spurts. Uh, but stops and spurts, but it overall, I think market color is going to be good. And you're, you're seeing that strength start to translate into the passive flows um, of like the Bitcoin ETF start to translate into crypto stocks as well, which I think has been like work against the expectations about of a lot of market participants because one of the more crowded positioning trades into this was to be long Bitcoin and short basically, you know, crypto equities. Uh, and that I think worked for the better part of January and has violently reversed for a, a variety of reasons. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think that uh, as somebody who kind of just coming at this from afar, it's not that surprising to me to see all this play out. I do think that that the election question is going to be really interesting to see how we go through this year and then obviously what happens post that. Um, you know, Grant. Obviously, you've, we've seen these crypto stocks kind of pop significantly. Is there anything that you take from the world at large, the the, the kind of macro level that that you're kind of seeing that is is frightening at all, or do you feel like we're all sitting in an okay place? When you say okay, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm, what I mean is, uh, I guess that the the worry of the macro in my mind. Again, this is you know you're talking. We, we always want to set the table here that this is the non financial person who's coming at this from the the dreamer and creative uh, aspect of it. Uh, when I've watched the the world at large, there does seem to be a sense of like, oh, well, maybe we are uh, topping here, that we've kind of gone up and up and up and up, and that there's a sense that like, okay, there's got to be another shoe that drops. Um, do you ever have that feeling in this world, or do you think that like it's just not the case right now based on where we are? Uh, I mean, definitely had that thought had those thoughts and expressed those thoughts like at various points like over like the last one and a half years but i mean we're like hot in the middle of an election cycle uh people aren't happy and there's kind of no way out so mm. i mean insofar as it affects like what we're doing uh like i don't care that much that's fair. I also think there's definitely that sense that, and I've seen a couple of people express this, that even, even if the economy does crash, that enough young people have been trained that the way to become wealthy is to gamble at the casino of crypto so that based on crypto cycles, we will probably still continue to exist in the way that we are, even if, if there's a larger economic crash overall. And, and to Salty, to your point, obviously inflation is a big deal as well. Yeah, I don't want to be a doomer here, but... Um... I mean, maybe this is just little bits of breadcrumbs about decouplings, but it's like, you know, the DXY has not, like everything's been appreciating, but the dollar has not been depreciating, which is the kind of like co-movement you would expect, um, which is interesting this, you know, past few weeks or whatever. Um, but like, you know, not to be a downer, but uh, I don't want to get that rich if the context is the world burns, you know, yeah. like, no, I get it. like yeah. hey, at least all the young people will gamble the little bit they had <laughs> left away into these stupid ass dog coins that I can ah. dump on them. Like, I like taking the VC's money and the, the you know, 
the people trying to hustle the carry trade on Luna, like that's fine. Uh, but you know, I mean, there's no option though. Like you can't opt out of the game. So you just, you have to play the game and you either choose to play it well, or you just go along for the ride. But, uh, man, the hyper decoupling of the financial economy slash real economy, I'm not qualified to speak to, but, um, I don't know. It's like the, this is fine dog, except he's holding like a ledger while the room's on fire. <laughs> I it's so funny because this is going to kind of cross over with my other interest in, in is a podcast about AI. But like you know, there's a lot of people. There was a there was a huge video that came out yesterday by OpenAI called uh, other new video model called Sora, which allows you to make yeah. one minute long video. Um, one minute long AI videos and and the entire reaction. I mean, a lot of people thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. It's really interesting, but the reaction is really fascinating because ninety percent of the people are just very frightened for the fact that they will not be able to do work anymore. And this does get to that fact, uh, salty, is a little bit of like the decoupling of real world stuff versus the financial world does kind of point us in a, in a slightly scary area as more stuff becomes automated. Um, but that's an entirely different conversation and probably a pretty depressing one. <laughs> anyway, so, let's talk about how our pictures have appreciated. Exactly. <laughs> let's, let's shift over to talk about <laughs> that's shit what we're here for. Let, let's talk about shit coins because there's definitely been a lot of movement in the world of uh, smaller crypto coins right now. And I guess this is probably just because there's a lot of action happening. I feel, I feel like we're kind of at the casino around like 10 a.m. in the morning where, you know, people have started to wake up maybe a little, actually that's not true. It's not 10 a.m. It's probably like five, 30 p.m. where people have started to roll in a little bit. Um, do, do any of you feel like there's anything to kind of like take away from what we're looking at with with token prices right now? I mean, it's not just shit coins. Obviously, there's some older AI coins that have kind of popped and, and other things as well, too. I mean, Eric, are you is there any sort of sanity or sense that you can kind of get out of the way that that certain tokens are moving right now? Yeah, I mean, we're we're running back to the playbook from last cycle, right? Where, where, where it was, what if X, but on the blockchain, right? And this cycle, the X is what if AI, but on the blockchain. And so, you know, there's a variety of AI tokens that are running very, very hard um, on the back of that narrative. And I, I think like everything that's happening in the field just continues to push that, it is going to continue to push that forward because, you know, this idea of having like decentralized censorship resistant LLMs that aren't, you know, that are truly quote unquote open source and not closed source um, is good for humanity. I, I think that that that's that's creating the basis of this next run in AI slash crypto tokens. Right. And so thematically, like those are, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of seeing that play out across the major, major um, protocols. I'm not going to name any here because um, I, I don't think that's productive. Um, but, you know, we did this with gaming last cycle. Right. But yep. what if gaming built on the blockchain? All right. Yep. Um, and, you know, those games raised billions of dollars and got to multi-billion dollar FTVs on their token. And um, a few of them have come out. <laughs> a few of them have actually come out. A few. Uh, and a few of them have just been perpetual dog shit, you know? Yeah. Um, most of them actually have been perpetual dog shit, right? Like, I, I think, I think like, the Axie ecosystem has been sort of the lone exception to the rule because those guys have kept shipping, right? Yep. But, like, who the fuck cares about Sandbox or, like, yeah. Decentraland, you know? Um, these are just, like, barren digital wastelands of yesteryear 
right? Where every time, like the only thing that happens is team tokens, team tokens unlock and they get sold. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, like you know, we're, we're, it's the exact same playbook, right? Like yeah, it remains to be seen whether there's actually meat, any meat, real meat on those bones. Um, but you know, you can you can see the narratives converging. Well, as somebody with a, a pretty deep insight or deep awareness of the AI space, like a lot of it is vapor from what's been pushed in the in the crypto world. And I say that only because, you know, I just got off the phone with one of the major LLL companies and talking to one of them and, and they're like in the top four, but they're not like the top one, which we probably all know what it is. But, but like those companies are funded in the multi-billions, most of them, because of how expensive it is to do the training models for these things. So the one thing I always caution everybody up is like, just to your point, in a lot of ways, like the game stuff was in the last bull run, you're going to hear a lot of people make a lot of promises about what they can do in the world of AI. And it is not that easy. It, and and the I mean, you look at what Grok was, right? I mean, just to, to take a quick diversion, you know, Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, uh, behind you know X and uh, what Twitter, what do you want to call it? You know, really hyped up Grok, and Grok was like a major disappointment. And that's a person who who probably put a fair amount of work into that thing. So just I, I would always caution, just you know, AI in, in a lot of ways is a great buzzword, and it will drive a lot of projects up, but it is not an, an easy thing to pull off. You you, you mean you mean creating uh, AGI is difficult? That's that's hard. <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not that hard. No, you just gotta kind of throw together a couple servers, and Salty could probably do it in a weekend. With yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't just throw together a few GPUs and and get a fully sentient uh, uh, artificial intelligence. You cannot, unfortunately. Uh, well, let's let's shift over to the NFT market, which is actually showing some signs of life. Uh, surprisingly, a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say like it's exploding, but. You know, crypto, uh, uh, we had a big run up. ETH is whatever around 2850 right now. And I've been kind of surprised to see mostly NFTs semi up. Is that, has that been surprising to anybody? Uh, Grant, are you surprised by that at all? Or do you feel like we're just in that kind of place where the NFT floors are going to kind of flow with, with ETH prices right now? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pricing, repricing is like one. One half of the equation, the other half of the, of the equation is um, some of these gaming launches are starting to do okay. Uh, yeah. Either meeting expectations or slightly exceeding expectations, and that you know obviously emboldens uh, the other sort of collections to you know either accelerate their timelines or or at least come out of hiding a little bit. I think it's it's to be expected. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, it was interesting. I was just on, I don't own any of these, but I keep regretting not owning them, but I was looking at uh, Blur right before we hopped on and people are sweeping some Shrapnel um, uh, NFTs right now. And I think Shrapnel, uh, I've seen the game and I, I, you know, it looks very good and it is an actual product. And I do think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And and I have no idea kind of, I, I don't feel like I've missed it per se, but it's also something to be aware of. I just think it's uh, the other thing I think that's going to be really interesting to me is to watch where people launch NFT projects from here on out because you know Say is pumping pretty hard. You've got a, a contingent of people who want to make Say NFTs happen. You've got um, you know conceivably you've got conceivably the the AVAX kind of system which I think is is you know up and down. You've got Solana. And then you've got Blast coming, which I think we're probably going to see a fair amount of action on Blast when it arrives. Um, 
you know, uh, uh, Eric, I know we've talked about Blast on here before, but it's funny. I keep seeing people. In fact, there was somebody in our Discord, I won't say who, who was just kind of reminding everybody, hey, there's probably going to be a lot of things on Blast, so keep keep an eye on it. Um, what is your feeling you, when you we first start Blast? We I know we've kind of gone into this, but when we first get into Blast, is just everything going to try to launch on there at once? Do you feel like it's just going to be a circus of new stuff? Yeah, there's thousands of teams that are applying uh, or trying to launch a blast right now. I mean, it's a chain that hasn't launched and already has more TVL than most other performing L2s, right? Um, and I think, you know, based on everything that we've heard, like the team there is working very, very hard to, to ensure that there is an active ecosystem day one. Um, I mean, you're seeing real legitimate projects launch product on Boss. So yeah, like it's it's going to be a lot. You know, there's going to be a lot of money to be made. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to get fucking rugged. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it's going to be that sort of, I think, new new frontier and activity on ETHL2s. Um, and I think that's why the Blast narrative is compelling. Because, you know, you, you are taking, like, the, that, the approach that they've taken really does guarantee that day one there's going to be things to do on the chain right the, the issue that you have like with a lot of these l2s at this point is that day one you know uh where it, like, there is no real casino it's like oh you swap some coins you know maybe there are some meme points maybe there's not maybe there's like some nfts but if you're not early to them they kind of just peter out um and i i think like and for most and most most of the people on those chains that don't have a token are just siblers, so they're not even yeah. like basically human, um, and they're just doing the same loop over and over and over again. So that that's not what makes a successful ecosystem, right? And you can see that with Starknet, where you know this is supposed to be a super performance zk EVM, right? And it's it was it was supposed to be it still is one of the hottest token launches of this year, and there's all of fifty five million dollars of TVL on that fucking protocol. Like yeah. on the, on the, versus on the, on the blast blockchain. is what at two two billion now somewhere yeah, around basically there? Closing, yeah two billion dollars yeah yeah which is so. pretty incredible I, i'm really the one thing i'm some i wouldn't say a uh, concern is the wrong word because i'm i'm not going to be playing I, i'll be playing it but i won't be playing like insanely heavy like some people will but i do believe there's going to be a lot of noise in the beginning there's gonna be a lot of people trying to do a lot of stuff and almost like it's the opposite problem like it's it feels like it could be a situation where too many people are trying to do too many things and then how do you consolidate how do you consolidate um pools of money into specific projects is going to be a, a, an interesting question as well um i don't know it's it's going to be fascinating right like I, I think that the the blast ecosystem feels like something at least it's something really fascinating for those of us that have been in this space to look forward to um you know grant i know you are a uh, or have been i think you still are a blur advisor um do you have anything in particular that's exciting to you at this point? You don't have to say specific projects, but just like, is there is there one idea or something on Blast that you think is going to do well? No, you can't ask him that. that that's a, <laughs> de, de, fine. The only fine. reason I answered your question was because fine, was not fine, to put Grant fine, on the spot fine, like that. Fine, all right, I won't ask Grant. So Salty, I know you're like you know dipping into a few things, and and you're you're more kind of a DeFi person than you are an NFT person, but you do play with NFTs as well, like. Does the idea of a two billion dollar, uh, you know, TVL L two that that is that is not launched yet, but is really building um, stuff for day one? Is that is that interesting to you? Like, what what are your what are your kind of first thoughts on it? 
Every market cycle, I choose one gen wealth play to fade. And this cycle, I'm fading blast. Interesting. So. <laughs> and what, and is there a reason for that? Or just, just like you're just picking it because you just don't have the time? Or is there is there an idea? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just time efficiency and that I just... Uh, I don't know. I just I I wasn't too into it, and I think what they're going to do will be very successful. But I think a lot of things will be successful. So I'm just, you know, interested in other stuff. But yeah, I I think uh, I mean part of it is this concept, and I feel like we talk about this almost every single week, which is that product is bearish, you know, and it's just and and again, that's not to say it's not going to be super successful when it launches, which I think is 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 probably quite likely. But uh, I mean, it's it's. The setup for it is so good. You know, the, the psychology behind the way they played it, great. Love it. Um, but, you know, what really... It, it's not enough of a systemic risk to all of Ethereum and destroying the entire market for me. And for that, I turn to Eigenlayer. <laughs> so... <laughs> you need there to be a much larger uh, uh, risk level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The attack surface is way too small here. <laughs> yeah. Not really. I mean, I do like Eigen, and I don't think it's going to ultimately be a systemic risk. And boy, if I have to eat these words, it's going to be painful. But no, I think what Blast is doing is great. But I don't... It's just not been my cup of tea. That's fair. That's totally And fair. It's, I mean, I think... it's vibes alone, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's so fascinating to me. Like, again, it's just like it's kind of that thing of like, what does an instant on market look like, right? Like, I'm just really curious to see kind of like what it feels like and what the launch will be. Um, but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, all right, before we go, let's just do a quick uh, roundabout to kind of see if there's anything specific people are kind of keeping their eye on. This doesn't have to be a specific. Uh, it should not be a specific uh, token per se. But is there something that everybody is like watching closely and for what reason? Um, Eric, you want to start? You have you have something that you're kind of keeping your eye on? I think for me, uh, I want to see how Starknet behaves because just the optics and management of that token drop have been really, really fucked from the get-go. Um, and you're seeing a lot of pushback from that in the communities. I, I think it's very divided right now, but but I do feel like there is going to be an opportunity there. Um, depending on the price that the token comes out at, uh, to to really you know to really make it a big play. So so from a trading perspective, like I find that really really interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna share my setup or my bias, but like I think there's there's enough hate there to make this very very compelling um, to participate. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the play to the hate play basically. Yeah. You know what's yeah. gonna come in? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Grant, what about you? What what are you keeping your eye on? Uh, I I want to see what what the cycle's OM is because I don't I don't think that's revealed itself to us yet. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, and that you know always kind of lights up the the animal spirits of like not necessarily new participants, but certainly like existing uh, on chain maxis. And I just, I yeah. just haven't seen it yet. Like yeah, sure, yeah, like you know, toss in the three percent yield on your stupid restaking thing that salty is on on about but you know where's the uh where's the consistent uh like instant on money apr machine. Yeah, yeah where's the money machine that's right yeah. and, and i need it to last longer than a week that's what <laughs> by the way for. as somebody who didn't participate in ohm at all how long did the actual good part of ohm go on for like like was it nine months was it really that long you nine had months. a lot of time to you had a lot of time and people still didn't <laughs> You could have put one thousand dollars. I was gonna say, go. I want to hear this. I always love hearing if these you, stories. If you put a thousand dollars into Wonderland, which is the biggest home fork, yeah, I think by six in after six months, 
in the, and this would have been around September to October of 21. It would have been $10 million. Oh my God. And that was that is liquid. That, that was is liquid. insane. Wait, was Wonderland still going that late in the cycle? Oh yeah. Wonderland okay. actually topped out later than Ohm did. By like a full uh... two, three months. And it's because Danny went up out doing this thing. I'm going to transition into a VC. You know, and then yeah. the whole thing with Sifu came out. And yeah. he kind of lost credibility. Um... <laughs> I bought into both of those and thought, oh my gosh, I'm so late to these Ponzi's. It's never going to work. And I still made out easily on both of them. Like, yeah. buying crazy late. You had yeah. so much time to play that. <laughs> I, I was not early, but it was very, very good because it was just three months of, of people up only. playing up only people playing musical chairs. That is insane. God, that that's what we haven't seen forever and ever, right? Like that's the that's obviously the place where you look to okay, keep an eye on time time to leave the time time to get out, but that's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we, we, need a le- we need a we need a next major leverage Ponzi to, to drive that. Because Ohm came as a function of Luna. Right. Um and so we just we need we need something that approximates another um back to algo stable to just inject like $200 billion of fake liquidity into the market. Yeah, it's crazy to think about those numbers now in some ways. Um, uh, Salty, what about you? What, is there, what are you looking forward to or kind of keeping your eye on? I mean, a new Ohm would be exciting. I, I think uh, <laughs> I think what's worth thinking about, though, too, is it can't just be something with a high APR slapped on. Like, like <laughs> Ohm... Oh, was a new thing. Like it, it, and it wrapped itself in multiple layers of obscurity and new vocabulary, and and so we can't predict what the next one's going to be because it's got to be something you can't predict, or else everyone will see right through it and not just YOLO in. Well, they still YOLO in, but it won't be as as genre defining. So you need the obscurity. You, you need something that just takes takes a regular bull market and something rising in TVL, but distorts it so much that it looks like it's a new way you're getting rich, not just money flowing in. So uh, yeah, I, I look forward to that. But uh, look, there's five coins I'm keeping my eye on, and I'll now give you a series of riddles, each, no. win, each of which will unlock a coin that I guarantee you will 10x. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> can I, I can't I, believe we're already back at the riddle phase, by the yeah. way. This, this feels like a, that feels scary. Yeah, can I just say, like, all of us have been through, like, a major market correction. We all presumably learned some lessons. But then, like, the first peak of a inkling of a bull market and you ask us what we're looking forward to, all of us say, oh, I'm looking forward to the next Ultra Ponzi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we learned a lot, which is exit a couple months earlier than you think you should. Not, oh, God. Not it's so a frightening, it is a frightening thing, but it is. No, all we learned is to... <laughs> Double up on the leverage. We yeah. about. Run it back, but I promise I'll sell earlier this time. <laughs> this is why I'm I'm in DeFi. Every time, uh, you know, I'm just like, okay, this this gold rush. I'm selling shovels. That's how you really get rich. Sell shovels. I'm gonna invent Levi uh, jeans. I'm not gonna go out there gold rushing. But then the second I see some stupid pixelated dog NFT run 100x from Mint, I say, all right, that's it. I'm mining. Go, 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 I go, go. Can, I can guarantee you nine months from now when that thing does appear and Salty's in the Discord saying, hey, you know what? This is great and all, but I'm not sure. Like, where does the yield come from? All <laughs> of us are going to be balls to the wall flying. We're just going to go, shut up, Salty. We don't, we don't, no, no one cares. <laughs> what, what was your saying, Eric? Uh, if you don't know where the yield comes from, then it's free money? It's fr- or it's it, from you? It's free money. 
<laughs> no, no, no. People people who got burned by ohms say stupid things like, if you don't know where the yield comes from, you are the yield. Those people, yeah. they pour forever. No, if you don't know where the yield comes from, it's free money and you should just pick it up. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, everybody, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for another episode of Midcurve Podcast. We are back here, uh, hopefully weekly, so we try to do these weekly. Uh, and we will see you all next week. Bye, everybody.